Hello, it's Wednesday the 31st of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I refuse to have a child with Kyle Walker if he hasn't made me a lovely coffee first. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we like to put the UK press to use. Lining the budgie cage, papi mashing a balloon, being folded into a jolly seaside hat or little boat. Oh, and a reliable source of accurate, up-to-the-minute news, plus a place to find daft puns and long pieces about the history of the sandwich. We're out every weekday, Monday to Friday, so why not subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Footy frenzy. Rashi, Kyle and Robbie Williams bring football to the front pages. Musk to Musk. Elon's Tesla multi-billion pay package ruled far too large by judge. And the apps stopped working. Why dating sites aren't doing what we want. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we had a fab idea for the 10.30 features meeting, but someone got in there first. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me this morning is bunker host and yoga occasionalist, Jacob Jarvis. Hi, Jarv. Good morning, Miranda. If I am curled up in a ball at any point, that's not yoga. It's just how the papers make <laughs> that you feel. <laughs> and making her Papercuts debut is stand-up comedian and coffee orderer in her, <laughs> Kyra Gray. Hi, Kyra. <laughs> Coffee orderer inner. That's fantastic. (laughs) I'm going to start going with that. Um, So what do we have on the front pages today? What have you got, Jov? So on the front page of The Times, there is a headline saying, Little Room for Big Tax Cuts, Hunt Tells Tories. So this is Jeremy Hunt kind of telling all the Tories. There's not really much room to be able to cut taxes, even though that's what you all want. And that's possibly the only way we can try and convince people to vote for us or like us. So, mm. yeah, bad news for the Tories. Shame. There at the moment, yeah, what what a shame. Oh. On, the, on the Telegraph, there is Jeremy Clarkson sending his best wishes to protesting French farmers at the top. Uh, yeah, so nice one, Jeremy. And then there is the Navy already to send a carrier to the Red Sea. The UK is prepared to plug gap in US deployment to counter Houthi attacks on shippings in the region there. That's their top story at the moment. On The Guardian, we have a headline, State of NHS should be declared national emergency, experts say. Yeah, this is the same old that the NHS is crumbling and in a bad way, and they're saying we should really, really accept that that's the case. I'm not Mm. sure if the government wants to so much. There is also a picture of Sinn Féin's President Mary Lou Macdonald on the front, which is talking about the story of a power-sharing deal bringing a united island closer, is what they have said. This is in terms of... Stormont is going to be able to return and yeah, everyone's kind of staking their claim on what that what that means for Northern Ireland. And then on the front page of the I, Cameron didn't clear two state solution speech with number 10. So this was remarks that uh, David Cameron, foreign secretary now, made saying the UK may recognise a Palestinian state. I suppose if you put someone who was prime minister in Mm. a position like that and had the ego to be prime minister, they're probably going to occasionally say things that maybe push the limit of their... Authority. Are you saying he still thinks he's prime minister? I'm. I'm just saying he. You kind of have to have a lot of ego to ever be prime minister. I mm. say to be prime minister basically means that you think everything you say is really important and the most important <laughs> thing. So then putting him in a position lower than prime minister with a quite weak prime minister in Rishi Sunak probably means occasionally he'll say some stuff that Rishi Sunak might not totally be happy with. Yeah. Okay. And what do you have, Kyra? Well. On the front of the Daily Mirror, we have a lovely picture of 
Marcus Rashford Yay. with the title Don't Rush to Judge Rashford by Darren Lewis. But people aren't going to listen. They're going to continue doing that. Um, we also have a picture of Michelle Moan's husband apparently facing fraud charges. Mm. Shock. Um, the front of the sun, we've got Robbie Williams bid to buy Port Vale. And you know what? Why not? Because when I think of a football manager, Robbie Williams is actually the first person that comes to mind. You yeah. know, so that's exciting. Um, we also have migration to see UK hit 73 million, which I think is a, another scare tactic to get people to vote for the Tories, which is not going to happen, guys. Um, in front of the Daily Mail, we have... Bashir, I was a victim of racism inside the BBC. <gasps> Incredibly shocking. Right? This is Martin Bashir, who blamed his non-white status at the BBC for the scandal over his Diana interview. Documents revealed last night. It's weird. It's basically the male can't decide who they dislike more, Martin Bashir or the BBC. <laughs> so they're kind of like, I don't know which one we'll go for. OK, it's the BBC. The BBC yeah, let's just blame the BBC. Um, the front of the Daily Star... We have our favourite person, Elon Musk. Um, rise of the cyborgs. Elon Musk has basically discovered that he can put chips in people's brains. Because why wouldn't he do that? He's already conquered everything else. So, you know what, Elon? The world is ending. You might as well, actually. I actually feel like he's on his way. OK. So, look, let's have a quick look at that Northern Ireland story, Joe, shall we? Um, the Stormont government... I know, Eloine, I know you're looking at me with a slight lack of enthusiasm, <laughs> but look, the Stormont government looks like it's going to be starting up again after almost two years of not existing due to the DUP not being happy with trading arrangements after Brexit. What has happened to change their minds? OK, so it will shock and surprise you that Brexit is probably a lot more complicated than the people who said they wanted Brexit said it was going to be. Mm. So a couple of years ago, DUP... They boycott Stormont, uh, the government of Northern Ireland, over post-Brexit arrangements, which meant goods going from Great Britain to Northern Ireland were checked in Britain first. That made a distinction between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK, which Eunice weren't happy about. And essentially, that has meant for the last couple of years, Stormont has been running with civil servants kind of on autopilot, just making it happen without having ministers there to to lead in that world. But a uh, a new deal has been agreed to by the DUP, which means that it will remove checks on items going to Northern Ireland, which will stay there. And so the DUP has agreed to that to happen. We don't really know exactly what the deal is going to have in it. That's been published on Wednesday today. But uh, Sunak is suggesting that we'll make some compromises with the EU regulations to kind of make the He's basically saying that the UK will stick to the same trades, have the same arrangements as the EU. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's almost like Brexit Brexit was pointless, Miranda, which I (laughs) I wouldn't say. But yeah, basically. So he's going to annoy a load of Brexiteers. And then actually not all the unionists are totally happy with Mm. the DUP with the deal. So... Look, some good news, Stormont getting back together, but there's probably going to be a lot more arguing over it to come. Now, on the front pages today, there are a couple of stories about Elon Musk and how his company, Neuralink, one of his many companies, has managed to insert a chip into a volunteer's brain. Elon is obviously very excited about this. He went straight onto Twitter and told us all about it. What is going on, Jarv? Right. There is this chip, Neuralink, that Elon Musk is is creating, which essentially is to, it'll be put in the brains of people who are perhaps paralysed and would allow them to then 
control apps and devices with just their thoughts. So it sparks neurons. And look, I'm not a brain scientist. I can't quite explain what's going on here. <laughs> if I could, I would be making these myself. I feel like but, you should look at the bottom of the star. Yes. So <laughs> the, the star has a pretty good how it works here, which is don't worry if your mind's blown by the techno babble. Put simply, according to our daily star boffs, the what's it goes in the human skull and the thingy sends a signal to the doodah and Bob's your uncle. Oh, there you fantastic. go. You see the star has it all. Going on. But look, it's easy to say bad stuff about Elon Musk, but this hopefully could be quite a good thing. But it's gone through all sorts of trials, but it's eventually been put in a human brain. And it, he is saying the uh, initial test results show promising neuron spike detection. He's saying it's going well, but he's... he's going to have to kind of say it's going well. So we'll yeah, see. and also promising neuron spike protection. I mean, it's just it's like the kind of language that Elon uses to make you, everyone think, oh, yeah, you're really oh, yeah. clever. Yeah, Do you like, know what I mean? Yeah. There's a couple Black Mirror episodes that show this is actually a terrible idea. Yeah, exactly. I'd, we'll all become cyborgs. Yeah. It's very odd. But anyway, the aim, apparently, says Elon, is for someone like Stephen Hawking to be able to speak as fast as an auctioneer if they have this chip in the brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's on the front pages. Well done, Elon. Should we give him a round of applause? No, let's not bother. <laughs> Okay, but there is another story too, which is not on the on the front pages today, but actually kind of popped up online. It's about Tesla, this and, and Tesla shareholders who have taken him to court. Ooh. So Elon Musk has a lot of money. That's quite a simple thing to say about him. But he had a a pay package of fifty six billion dollars, which is just. I mean, is this like a year? I think this is a year. Which is, it doesn't really, I can't I can't quite quantify <laughs> what really I would do to, with $56 billion. But anyway, a judge has ruled in favour of investors who, who challenged that he should get that much of a, of a pay package, saying that the board inappropriately struck it. And yeah, if, if this goes through, they're going to have to create a new deal for Elon Musk for him to get probably another ludicrously large sum of money, but less ludicrously large than that, basically. Yeah, 56 billion. Yeah, I mean, what I found quite interesting about this, so these shareholders are like, hang on, $56 billion for a company that you're not even there all the time? Because he's like, he's got Tesla, he's got Neuralink, he's got that one where it shoots you know, rockets yeah. into space, and also Twitter, sorry, X. Oh, so he's dude. quite busy, and he's still getting $56 billion for one one of them, the Tesla board. So the investors said, look, this is not good. They challenged it in Delaware. Um, and one of the things they discovered, the judge said, look, this is inappropriate. Because if you want to earn a lot of money in that situation, there's little tests you have to do in order to qualify. And they basically said the tests were really easy without specifying what the tests were. So it just sounds to me like they said, you know what, if you turn up on time... <laughs> For three days a week, you know, that's the first thing ticked. You know, it's like that everything was too low for him to qualify for this huge pay package. What I find hard about this sort of thing, though, is that you can get really technical in trying to justify it. But let's be real. You simply cannot justify anyone earning that amount of money. I remember there's a a CEO on TV recently who was speaking about he was paid 4.5 million a year Mm. or something. And quite honestly, which I respected, said, no, you can't justify that. I cannot stand up and justify my salary because it's ludicrous. And that's fractional compared to this. So it feels quite strange that you have to go to court to discuss quantifying this and how it makes sense when obviously no one can really say... Well, uh, look, well, I'm sure did. legally he can. That's it, they but... did. The board said, yes, it w- he was worth it. It's completely How? Mad. How? How? I, How? I don't know. I feel like Elon is like that one strange kid in class that got given billions of pounds. <laughs> you know, like, so all the weird little ideas that he's ever had, 
he's just done it. It's like he's in his own little chocolate factory and he's just making all these things as he goes. He confuses me every time. I, I don't even know if he's a real person. If I'm being completely honest with you, yeah, I feel like he's a clone. Because I actually, I watched a show recently called We Crashed and it's about the CEO of WeWork. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Elon just reminds me of the guy. Yeah. I feel like they're exactly the same person. So I don't understand how he's kind of getting away. You know what it is? This is my theory. I know about that WeWork thing as well. It's essentially really charismatic people that, get right? away with... that meet loads of boring kind uh, of money nerds yeah, and they yeah. go oh my god he's so cool his hair's a bit long and yeah he's crazy words. he's crazy <laughs> he's crazy here have my money i feel yeah. like we're doing it all wrong if we just turned up and we're a bit rude to some shareholders and told a few jokes we'd get the money too Now, it has been a footy extravaganza on the front pages every day this week, especially The Sun, to be honest, with Man City's Kyle Walker saying sorry to his wife for playing away on Monday, Man United's Marcus Rashford's big night out in Belfast covered in excruciating detail yesterday, and now a story about Robbie Williams and his favourite team, Port Vale FC, also on the front page. Anyway, let's look at Marcus Rashford first, as he is the fun one. (laughs) And he's still all over the papers today. Joe, what's been going on? Marcus Rashford went on a night out. Mm, twice. That's, he went a double the night thing. out. That's, that's pretty much <laughs> the main part of it. So the tabloids obviously wanted to call it a uh, tequila mega bender or whatever <laughs> it is. So he goes out in Belfast and then I assume he's hungover, doesn't go to training and he is fined. He's been fined two weeks wages, which is £650,000 mm. for that. Now... I don't drink, and I one of the reasons I stopped drinking was because I get incredibly bad anxiety. I just feel really anxious the next day. He has had the worst anxiety nightmare ever. Mm. So he's gone this night out, and a waitress has then gone to the sun and said, so imagine Rashford's there thinking, I can't remember everything because I was drinking loads of tequila. Yep. This person has gone, well, I remember it all. Yeah, I've, ta- I've taken notes. <laughs> So there is a, in the sun, there is Ace Rash's tipple timeline of him uh, going to training on the Wednesday, then going going over to Belfast. And then a picture of him is posted online of him at Larn FC. So it's it's some football friend he's gone on a night out. Yeah, so he's gone out. He's gone gone out out with. Yeah, then he goes to a restaurant, has another night out. Mm. He looks like he's in pretty good nick to me. So I'd say he's probably normally quite strict with himself. But Mm. he's had, if you've. Give a young man that amount of money, occasionally they're probably going to want to spend it, would be my thing. But to me, Rashford goes on night out. Uh, Look, you could pay me 325 grand a week to never go on a night out again. But that's maybe that's not enough for him. But it's a, it's the it's a staple of the of the tabloids. It has been for years, which is footballers behaving badly. I mean, that's absolutely yeah. the point of it. And the thing I like about it is the details. So the fact that you've got they they obviously the, the waitress has just got straight on the phone <laughs> and told them all about it. Amazing. Yeah, you one know, thing that's... I quite admire about the stories when at least when they do stories like this, they do do it properly. Absolutely properly. They go right into it. They get it all. They get everything can they can. You, would you like some of the details? Because I know I have been pouring over them. Okay. So basically one of the details that I quite like was that the waitress who's called Sarah was working at the restaurant. Rashford was there with his mate and two women. They didn't really know where to go. And she said, okay, well, I can kind of tell you where to go later. So so met her later. Anyway, he'd booked out the top bar at somewhere. He's playing his own music. Great. He was only eating bread. 
because they offered him bruschetta, but he doesn't like the the seeds in the tomatoes, and so he just had the bread. This is the detail I love. These I, kind I of details like I that. love. Just, because he's a footballer. Yeah, he's a man-child. He doesn't like those bits, so he just has the bread. He's got his own bottle of tequila, keeps going. One of his friends reminded him of training, but Rashi just says he wants to get drunk. Okay, goes to a club till after 2 a.m. So he's with this very beautiful French girl, right? Mm -hmm. And he supposedly kissed somebody else. She gets a bit upset. They go back to his hotel, everybody. The French girl tries to get into his room. He won't let her and she is banished. And then goes into his room and kind of collapses. This waitress goes, are you all right? He picks up his own bag, loads of money falls out about like 10 grand in cash. He has to kind of stuff it all back in. And then she just puts him on his bed, 3 a.m., in his clothes, he passes out. And the thing that I find really admirable about this, he's up at 5 a.m. <laughs> he's up at 5 a.m., he gets a private jet at 7 a.m., goes obviously aiming to go to training and then just goes... I feel a bit ill and causing sick. <laughs> On all of this, I'm just going to give a strong reportedly and allegedly. Yes. On all of that, just to qualify it somewhat. But the thing about Rashford, he's kind of more than a footballer, isn't he, Kyra? Meaning that people really love him because of his stance about kids and free school meals during COVID. And there is a lot of stuff about him in the papers, isn't there? Yeah, there actually is. And, you know, I feel like that's why they're picking on him. Because they know that he's the people's kind of champion. Yeah. I feel like they did the same thing with Beckham back in the day. Like their first opportunity to kind of pick on him, they're kind of all for it. So I feel like when you have that much money and you have so much responsibility on your shoulders, you're going to go a bit mad. Yeah. You're going to go a bit crazy. Oh, yeah, Especially absolutely. when there are literally people being hired to stalk you and tell the newspaper that you don't <laughs> like tomatoes with your bread. Well, of course you're going to go insane. <laughs> what on earth is going on? I know, it's funny. I mean, there is a theory, which I subscribe to, that he, he split from his long-term girlfriend, Lucia Loy, who he was pictured. Yep, he was I pictured, they were engaged in front of like, you know, a balloon heart a year ago. And then, <laughs> that's very important. That <laughs> very detail. classy. Very, yeah, very important information. Uh, and, um, uh, and, and then it's fallen through. She was, his, she was his girlfriend. She's known him since she was very young. So obviously now he's kind of young, free and single. There will be a lot of people, not just a French lady, mm-hmm. throwing themselves at him. Um, he has, his brothers are his agents, one Dwayne, one oh. Dane, um, but both of them failed the agent's exam. <sighs> So they might not be able to be his agent anymore. And he has bought, in a row, a house for him, a house for his mum, and a house for one brother and a house for another brother. So, look, in the papers, Kyra, everyone has got an opinion on how Marcus Rashford should behave. Have you got any advice for him? Um, My advice for Marcus would be to get some therapy... Uh, to heal from this heartbreak because I don't know why men automatically just start yeah I'm just going to drink get get about her she's not even important you love her uh, yeah. get a therapist and get an actual agent please <laughs> please <laughs> this is actually I, you're upsetting me you're upsetting my soul so please get a proper agent yeah stop employing your brothers yeah honestly <laughs> we, every family member just please Marcus but yeah we could I mean honestly we could be a better agent <laughs> Anyway, there are other football stories. There's one, of course, uh, about Papercut's friend, Kyle Walker. Yes. Who, uh, in case you've only just joined us from outer space, has had two children with Instagram influencer Lauren Goodman whilst being married to Annie Kilner, who's had three children with and is pregnant with the fourth. Ooh, anyway. Very active. <laughs> very, very active. I know, exactly. There's, there was a reaction uh, in The Sun. So in The Sun, uh, he did a kind of I'm really sorry to his wife on Monday which went on for several pages. And in the Sun piece on London, he said he didn't have a relationship with Lauren Goodman. It was just sex. And to prove this, 
He said, she doesn't even know how I like my coffee. And so now we've got coffee gate. <laughs> because Lauren Goodman responded by releasing a video of her son and Kyle playing with her son to show that this is a relationship and the words flat white, no sugar, <laughs> which I really love. And then Annie's sister went on Instagram and she said something else. She said that Kyle's order, uh, coffee order, was something different. What was it, Jarv? One sugar Nestle coffee mate and semi-skimmed milk, but that's the coffee you get at home, not the ones in hotels or Airbnbs. The, the defence being that he loves shit coffee is <laughs> really quite something. Yeah, that's so cheeky though. It's great. It's great. What I wonder is why doesn't he make his own coffee? Like, like everybody, he's just surrounded by people making his coffee. I mean, if I was on his salary, I would never make a cup of coffee again. Yeah, that's true. To Actually, be very he, like he'd be like you, just yeah. send out for coffee at all times. Cafe Nero, please. That would be lovely. <laughs> And finally, there is this story on the front page of the Sun today, which is about Robbie Williams. It's a very slim story, this, isn't it, Joe? Really? So there's a picture of Robbie Williams looking pretty good, I think, in a, a Port Vale shirt. And it says basically the former Take That Star 49 has been backed by a consortium to take over the League One side with a potential lucrative TV spin off. I'm guessing he wants to kind of do what Ryan Reynolds has done with Wrexham. Yeah. But the difference being, I, I imagine Ryan Reynolds is a bit more of a megastar these days than Robbie Williams, really, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Robbie, I like your music, but you're not really <laughs> it's not the same, quite as A-list anymore. It's not a Hollywood star arriving no. in a small town. It's Robbie Williams, who is from that area. Mm -hmm saying, oh, I'd quite like to buy it. It's not going to work. No, it says, full story is on page 11, and they've gone for the quite nice headline, Port Vale, I'll take that over. And, yeah, <laughs> match is. made in heaven, essentially, and that he would like to to take over Port Vale, which could be interesting. I mean, I like the Wrexham documentary. I like that story. So maybe it could be quite fun, but I'm not sure whether the Robbie Williams is quite as exciting. It's the, and also, he's, he's a bit in his sort of weird conspiracy theory nowadays, isn't he? So yeah. maybe he'll implement that at the football club. None of the players are allowed to use mobile phones because of 4G radiation. <laughs> the, the role he brings in. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeeda Varsi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here at Papercuts, we love great headlines. They're the cherry on our cake, the icing on our bun, and the vegan filling in our Greg's sausage roll. Yes, they both fill us up and give us a sugar rush. We are hungry for them. That's a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so what have we got today, Jarv? What have you got? On page nine of The Sun, there is a picture of Queen Camilla with a Doesn't really... Doesn't that sound weird, Queen Camilla? Queen Camilla, but anyway, it always yeah. feels strange, yeah, but with a with a very tiny book. So <laughs> Queen Camilla <laughs> took centre stage as both King Charles and the Princess of Wales recover from surgery. It's the, the first line to the story. So she did her bit yesterday. She mingled with authors during an event at Windsor Castle. So when she was at Windsor Castle, she got her hands on a tiny book she wrote to celebrate 100 years of the Queen Mary's Doll's House, I don't know what that is, so I'll tell you. It is a it is a perfect 
1 to 12 scale replica of a vast Edwardian home with electricity, working lifts and running water. It's a doll's house. Yeah, pretty much. It's a really good one. And yeah, there were loads of authors there. She had this tiny book and they have gone with the headline, Camilla's doing her itty bitty. Itty bitty? That sounds a bit perverse. Don't really quite get (laughs) it. Not something I want to read. And then there is a story here. Uh, A French Jeremy Clarkson was demanded yesterday by farmers blockading Paris. So protesters in hundreds of tractors attempted to bring Europe's largest fresh food markets to its knees. And, yeah, they kind of, they want a celebrity like Jeremy Clarkson. You know, Jeremy Clarkson brought farming back into the mainstream. But the actual Jeremy Clarkson, as we saw on the front pages, has defended these French farmers. So they maybe yeah. they don't need a French one. We can just, we can send him, they can have him. We could him. send him over. <laughs> Please, they can. Perfect. You Guys, you can really, the nation of France, I declare to you right now, you can have Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> but they have got the headline, French in strop gear. Strop gear. Strop gear. Yeah. Top gear. Yeah, like that. Very okay. good. And now my final one. Again in the sun. Page 25. So T-Rexes suffered from dodgy backs and knees, according to scientists who found signs of arthritis in killer dinosaurs. Now, I think this could make sense because they're on two feet, aren't they? But they're quite far leaning forward. Their head's yeah. quite big, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, One thing you can always, they don't say about T-Rexes, they've got shit posture. Terrible They've posture. They've really all, bad posture. They're kind of at an, a 45-degree angle. Always, exactly. at all times. They, they definitely, if T-Rexes were still alive, they would be scrolling Instagram and there would be all sorts of gadgets to help them straighten out <laughs> yeah. or all sorts of exercises to stretch. But anyway, experts say that theropods, two-legged beasts like Tyrannosaurus, were blighted by bone diseases. It means ferocious predators built for power and speed, such as T-Rex, Allosaurus, and Velociraptors, may have hobbled in pain, just like afflicted humans. I quite like that. It makes me think, yeah. you know, even T-Rexes had bad back so I shouldn't feel so bad about it they've gone with the headline Dino very sore oh, oh that's dinosaur. good I that's like nice that one. I like mm-hmm. that that's good okay Kyra you have the star what do you have okay so on the on page three of the star we have a lovely picture of our page three girl Danny but beside that we have a not so lovely rather uncomfortable looking picture of Jamie Oliver mm. uh, in the nude with mm. A large metal pan covering his private parts as he explains to everyone how he burnt his private parts while cooking naked for his wife <laughs> on Valentine's Day. <laughs> They've decided to go with the headline Naked Chef Singes His Sausage Cooking Nude. Of course. Singes Sausage. Singes His <laughs> Sausage. I think that big pan's overcompensating a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that, I think a more confident man would have a smaller, a smaller pan. Just a spoon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He looks like he's in pain. Yeah, he is <laughs> It's actually very horrible. He singed his sausage. He did singe his sausage. Right, so then on page four, we have a cheese war going on. Never thought I'd say that. Camembert and other favourite cheeses battle fungi threat. Ooh. Classic French cheeses like Camembert and Brie face extinction. I feel like the word extinction is slightly... Yeah, it's wrong, isn't it? It's wrong. It's a bit dramatic. Yeah. There might no, be a massive a baby bell heading to Earth. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, are they, like they're waiting out. for their dying days. And they decided to go with the headline, Let It Breathe. Let It Breathe. Nice. Very good. Nice, okay. nice, nice. Now, do you want to know which trousers will book you a table at Sexy Fish? Which car will turn the heads of the real housewives of Chipping Sodbury? Which furnishings will turn your council flat into an aristocrat's shag pad? Come with us to the centre of the papers and all will be revealed. Yes, it's time for the features section where we found yet another piece about dating apps, a feature stalwart. 
It's From the Eye by Kate Lister, and she has written a good thousand words about how dating apps are no good anymore, and she's come off them. Kyra, why has Kate Lister come off the dating apps? Well, it seems like Kate Lister's not having a lot of luck. And no. it's, it's, it's quite sad. I feel quite sorry for her, actually. And there is some truth in what she's saying, but I'll get into it. Um, she says that online dating sites are a waste of time, and many users have no intention of ever meeting someone in person. So they're just messing about. They're just messing about, Not just serious. playing a game, just a bit of banter. Do you know what I mean? Um, she starts it off by saying that I'm off the dating apps and I mean it this time. So mm. she's said this before. Uh, <laughs> don't believe you, Kate. Um, I know there are folks out there who met over Tinder and then waltzed off into the sunset to live happily ever after. She sounds very upset. But I am convinced that for most of us, these apps have not brought joy. Very dramatic. Yeah, she's not happy, is she? So presumably, she's... I mean, I'm so old. I know... I mean, I've literally never been on a dating app. You're not missing out. Well, apparently not. What's really interesting to me is it used to be... Like, features in papers used to be about, oh, it's really funny on the dating apps... These are the kind of people you will meet, mm-hmm. almost like, you know, like a kind of tribes on dating app features. And now I've noticed that recently they're all about how actually dating apps just don't work. It's really not working for me. You're better off meeting somebody in person. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I do actually agree. The way she describes it as well is just like just scrolling through profiles, looking for a date. She says she's done a couple tours of Tinder. <laughs> And Bumble. Like going to war. Like going, like, it's just, everything's very dramatic and excessive. And she says that the thing that you see is when you meet someone face to face, you know straight away if there is a connection, you don't get that online, which I agree with. I do understand that. Exactly. I feel like she should take the Marcus Rashford approach. Just get hammered. Just get hammered for two days. You'll find the love <laughs> of your life. for two days. Somebody's going to approach you. Yeah, maybe look for some bruschetta. You never know. I feel like she should give it a while. Yeah. She also says, but what happens to how we value people? She's, she's getting deep here. She's getting yeah. Really... She's getting a bit a bit serious about yeah. it. Yeah. So um, dating obviously has existed forever, but online dating used to be the the idea of it was you go on your computer and do and just do it that way, which is before kind of uh, apps came along, and Grinder started in 2009 our producer had a great fact about Grinder, which was just doing all right <laughs> you know ticking over people quite liked it and then Stephen Fry went on actually Top Gear and mentioned that he was on <coughs> Grinder to Jeremy Clarkson and everything went mad because all the Top Gear lads were like what you can go on a dating site and they all joined Grinder, which I absolutely love <laughs> So have you, uh, do you ever use the apps, Kyra? No, not anymore. I I did, I tried Hinge. I yeah. did try Hinge and I just, it's not for me. It gave me so much anxiety and that was like finding people that you know on there. It felt oh, too yeah. close to home. Because I feel like when you go on an online dating app, you want to meet people that aren't in your immediate vicinity right so when I'm seeing people that I went to school with I was like yeah no it's time to come off this app you'll never see me again although that's the bit I would like (laughs) (laughs) that's That's the bit that I want to join it for just to see what people I know have put on you know how they describe themselves I quite like analysing people's dating app profiles perfect if I see one of my friends is on one of the apps these days I kind of go can't let me have a look at what you've said about yourself and it's normally, um, you know, if Lies. it's a bloke, it's normally just bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm six foot four and a vet. <laughs> you know what? Uh, that's... <laughs> 
And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Jav. Thank you very much. And thanks to Kyra. Thank you for having me. And it's finally the last day of the never-ending January. So to celebrate, why not join the Paper Cuts Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes, plus extra stories and silliness, as well as the opportunity to get some fab Paper Cuts merchandise, such as a T-shirt or even a mug. <gasps> I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when Spanish conservatives have been raging over a picture of Jesus which is, quote, way too sexy. The body of Christ, indeed. (laughs) He's got good abs. (laughs) Very much so. We're all excited for the second coming. (laughs) See you tomorrow. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Podmasters Managing Editor Jacob Jarvis and Kyra Gray. The producer was Liam Tate with assistant production from Adam Wright. Music and audio production was by me, Simon Williams, and socials were by Jess Harpin, Kieran Leslie, and Mike Boland. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The executive producer was Martin Boitosh. Paper Cuts is a Bobmasters production. Paper Cuts.